welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, I dreamed of um, food I wanted to make last night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's TikTok's fault. Yeah. I don't know what I did to my algorithm, but all I see now are people making like, like a lot, I get a lot of videos of like, as a professional chef, people always want to know, what do I make for myself when I get home at the end of a long day? Oh, I get those. so many of those. Mm. Well, as a professional chef, it makes sense that you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they just, they, they know I want that for some reason. And they always, it always starts with like a big pan where they're sauteing like onion and garlic and like some beautiful tomatoes or something. It always looks so good. I was like, I just want to do all that. And put it on zucchini. So that's what you're doing? Yeah. Then making some pasta. Love a pasta. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten a lot of good recipes from TikTok. Not like, I don't follow them specifically, but like inspiration for flavor combinations or just really easy ways of putting together a sauce. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm happy to, to get those videos. I sometimes yeah. wish I got more of those than like, I don't know, my algorithm's all over the place. Sometimes it's like, you want 10 tarot card readings all, all in a row, or I don't know, 18 he, videos of spooky clips from closed circuit television. Here's, here's what I have to be careful of. Sometimes it'll show me like a Karen video, and I'll be like, huh, get that Karen. That's right. Tell her what's up. And I watch too much of it. And yeah. then my algorithm's like, Oh, you want to see more Karen videos, huh? We got loads. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Now I'm just annoyed. Now I'm frustrated. No, just the one. Just yeah. the one where they told that lady what was up about masks. And that now I don't want to see any more. Yeah, you got to be careful. You, you go to that. You click on it. You look at the comments. You go to the page for part one. And then that is just that's going to be your algorithm for yep. at least a couple hours. <laughs> there, I did go down the rabbit hole of. Um, private chefs in the Hamptons. Oh, yeah. You know, what's funny. I am actually friends with uh, one of those TikTokers that's a private chef in the Hamptons. Really? She's not, I don't think she's one of the like big, big accounts, but I have a friend who is, I, we recently followed each other on TikTok and she's, post, that's her content. I mean, that's what she does. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you're just a real person in the world, but you're also that. <laughs> wow. I know. I, well, the main thing, I, I like to watch the cooking, but like the herb gardens just kill me. They're just gorgeous. Their herb gardens are always gorgeous. And I just need more land or probably, let's be honest, some a professional person to tend to my garden instead of me. <laughs> That's probably what I really need. Well, I think that you and mom have the same problem where it's like you, you guys both both grow a lot of nice stuff but then every time i come home i'm just met with like an armful of herbs like could, what can we what what do with this especially mom she's like here here is would you like to take this home in a bag what can you do with this I'm like i don't <laughs> can you imagine flying home to new york and your bag gets randomly searched and they're like hmm this is interesting you have six ziploc baggies of various herbs yeah. <laughs> like that really is oregano yes <laughs> it really is well and it's uh, i mean i don't I, i'm sure the stuff grown fresh in west virginia tastes better than what i can get in a supermarket but at the same time it is we do have rosemary 
in New York City. <laughs> we do have time. Yours definitely tastes better, but I don't know if it's you know worth sneaking it on to an airplane. <laughs> I was most proud of my shishito peppers. Hey. They're so pretty and shiny and sweet and spicy and delicious, and I was just very proud of those. Did you ever I t- blister them? Do it. Do something with them. I ended up. I by the time mom didn't use them, and they were getting soft, so I stole them back. <laughs> My shishitos and poblanos, and I ended up making this sort of like, I don't know what you call it. I threw those in with some onion and some black beans and some garlic and like some cumin, and made some kind of saucy kind of thing. I mm-hmm. put it on like chicken. I put it in with eggs. I put it, I put it in with like six different things now. Sounds good. Whatever that is, I don't know what you call that. I call it like a relish, but it's not really that. I don't know no. what it is. It's delicious, though. <laughs> Taylor, I just fear at one point that that mom and Sydney's little gardening hobby that they both have become very good at their skill, if you will, not a hobby. One day we're just gonna come back, and it's gonna be like they've gotten a farm. Sydney's like, guess what, guys? I finally did it. I got more land. And then it's just mom and Sydney have a farm just full of herbs. <laughs> See, and I don't think that's a that's a fear. I think that's an eventuality that I've accepted. And, and she's been pretty open about in Sydney's ideal future, we all live together on some sort of commune. Well, that's why this is my fear. I'm like, well, as soon as she gets the farmland and has all these acres and acres, then it's like, okay, well, now we've got a we've got a room for you. We've got a room for Taylor. And then, oh, look, now we just don't have rooms for you all. Now we have homes for you all on our farmland. Look, we have animals. Living it up at the Hotel City McAvoy. (laughs) We got goats and stuff. It's a and some shishitos too. It's not a commune. It's a homestead. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, Sydney. I, I will say definitely I, not a cult nope not a cult no there's no religious element to this whatsoever I just I love growing things and I wouldn't mind having like some chickens or goats or whatever I mean I can't have them here my big problem is like we have so many other animals that live in close proximity to our house I mean like we are surrounded by deer and bunnies and foxes and really big scary birds i don't know what the really birds big are birds. You do have the, big birds. That, there's those turkey vultures that are scary looking you got hawks there are hawks anyway they're all around us and like if i try to grow anything outside the fence it's just decimated immediately so and like i don't want to fence in everything you know what i mean i need a greenhouse this is what i need that's that's the first step i guess I'm gonna. I want to grow sunchokes next, and garlic. I'm gonna plant that for next season. Scapes are really in are, are in season right now. Yeah, I, I'm gonna all grow, over the farmers market. Listen, I'm gonna grow a bunch of garlic and then like let the scapes, like let some of them. So if you let them form the scapes and you don't cut them off, they'll use so much energy making the scapes that the bulbs are teeny teeny. So you have to make the make the decision. <laughs> well, I don't. I guess, but I want both. Escapes are in. I they're all I've over seen, menus, yeah. and you can pickle them too. Apparently, that's so. You know, I mean, you, I guess you can pickle garlic, but pickled escapes sound better. Yeah, well, and you can make like a pesto with them. Ooh. With like, um, I saw somebody make a pesto out of the tops of carrots instead of basil. Interesting. Yeah. And I love that idea of using something that I don't like. I don't I never know really what to do with. I mean, I eat all kinds of leaves. My herbs, 
My herb got <laughs> somebody please Sorry. isolate that. Go back. <laughs> my herbs got all mixed up. My seeds were like I don't know, they were cheap. My seeds were like labeled wrong. My herbs got all mixed up this year. And I have a pot that is growing. Some of it is basil. Some of it is lemon balm, I think. There's a mint in there. I think there's more holy basil, which is a totally different flavor profile from like what you think of as basil. I have like, and then there's like some lavender trying to come in at the bottom. And occasionally the hey girls guys, will want hey, to make me for me. Hey, hey. Yeah. Like, can I, can I get up in here? It looks like everybody's invited, <laughs> but like it's all in one pot and the girls will want to make me salads and I'll tell them they can put herbs in it. Cause I like herbs in my salad. So they'll go out and pick some leaves off of different stuff. And they know like, don't pick the sage. Cause you, they, that's not really good raw, you yeah. know? But anyway, I have taken a bite of so many things that I'm like, this is so perfumey. <laughs> like this is not whatever this is is not an eaten herb this is like a tea herb this is a fragrant herb this is not an eaten herb that i just ate i like messing with some pea plant genetics over there i don't don't know mingling all over the place i've got this beautiful i had purple basil and red basil and of course you know green basil most basil is green and then in the middle is this variegated plant that has grown up in the middle with green and purple on all the leaves oh wow they made a baby it's gorgeous. Wow. Is that how you explain reproduction to your children? Uh, I haven't yet. They still don't want to know. Well, Cooper is too little, but Charlie still refuses to let me tell her about reproduction. Well, well use the basil. Yeah, let her be at her own time frame there. See, I don't know. I, I've been making salads. Like, I'm a big fan of salads with no, like, not, I, I, I think of it as nonsense lettuce. Iceberg, <laughs> yeah. romaine. I mean, honestly, like spinach is at least spinach has some flavor, but anything that's just like it's there to be a vehicle for dressing. No, I don't want that. Like, yes. I want my salad to be completely like I love using just a ton of cucumber as like the yeah. base for my salad. And like like ra- you can use like the t- I use the radish greens, like I'll slice radishes, but then I'll uh-huh. also use the greens for it. And like a ton of like either dill or depending on the salad, sometimes cilantro. I don't want any nonsense greens. I want flavorful greens all the way down. I'm I'm totally with you on that. And I love if I need more for a base, if I don't have a ton of like herbs at that moment, I will just like we have a slap chop. Remember the slap chop? Yeah. Stop having boring tuna. Stop having a boring life. (laughs) Trying. Slap chop. Trying. Uh Uh I, I will slap chop up a bunch of like celery and carrot and dip into like little like a chopped salad, basically like yeah. little teeny bites. Even like the girls have started because they like to make salads now. They've started throwing in raw asparagus. But man, if you chop it up small, that's still really yummy. You know, I don't usually yeah. eat raw asparagus, but I will in that salad. Well, or like like a whole, just tomato instead of lettuce as mm-hmm. your base. That's a great just. I don't know. Just shave some Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah. I love to shave. Yeah, you don't have to cook them. Yeah. I used to go out and, like, go on dates. Now I talk about shaved Brussels sprouts on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's just also, it's so satisfying when you take, when you do it, when you grow it, and then you eat. It's so satisfying. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) It's a a big week here. Yes. Guys, we have to, we have to dive in. It's another week here at Still Buffering where I make you all talk about Taylor Swift uh-huh. with me for 45 minutes. I had this thought leading up to this episode. I got worried, like, I don't know. It, will there be a point where we run out of things to say about Taylor Swift? I mean, 
presumably at some point we're going to talk about all the albums. So, I mean, after that. She's just going to keep doing, I mean, I, 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 I think the only way that we stop talking about Taylor Swift is if we all outlive Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> <laughs> she will continue to make herself relevant, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Well, I've been trying, and I, you know, it makes it good because we space them out, but I've been trying to not talk about all of her past albums until she re-releases the ones that she doesn't gotcha. own. There are still a couple that we haven't talked about that she does own that, um, well, I think actually just one. But I've been waiting for the ones that she doesn't own until she has her version to not prompt listens of the, the stolen versions, if you will. Yeah. So at least we have another couple years probably i don't know to keep us going with those other three she has to re-release um Um, but yes speak now taylor's version just came out when i tried to play it uh initially um charlie wanted it playing while she was taking a shower which is like the alexa is nowhere near her shower (laughs) so she just puts it on alexa and then turns it up like to absolute full blast I do that anyways and and it's right outside of my shower (laughs) screams along with it from the shower (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you can hear it in the whole house but she she I, she said will you get it to start and so i asked to play and i said taylor's version mm-hmm. but like it didn't do it right yeah and it started not playing taylor's version oh no charlie lost it like yeah. stop no stop i mean <laughs> like so upset not like at me just like no you have no what if taylor finds out that i <laughs> what if she finds out <laughs> She was like, "Mommy, no!" And I was like, "I didn't mean. I know you said. Ta- I said Taylor's version." <laughs> we stopped it. We stopped it immediately. Yeah. She was like ready to throw Alexa. She was like ready to pick it up and throw it across the room. Like, don't ever again. <laughs> Why I is always, that not the default? Well, I always feel that way whenever they have a they have an every Taylor song ever playlist that she's curated on her Spotify that has literally all of her songs on it, and that's just like when I'm driving for long distances or whatever. That's usually what I put on, um, but. For some reason, her own team that has curated this playlist has not removed all of her original albums from it. They've just added the Taylor's versions. So, like, the sounds... I mean, the point is that they pretty much sound the same. So it takes me a minute if I'm not looking at the screen actively. of Like, oh no, this isn't a Taylor's version. This is an old one they've left on there. Um, it is It is a very jarring experience. Yeah, well, they, I mean, I really feel like they should just... It should just be that. Well... I guess they, I mean, you can't remove the old ones, I suppose. Um, I, I guess they still, you know. I don't know. Will we exist will out it there? select for it if we keep asking for that enough? If that's how the AI works, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyways. Someone tell the AI we only want Taylor's <laughs> version. <laughs> someone tell the robots. Does someone speak AI? I think a lot of people do. I think that's how you make AI, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't have to be able to speak it. Um, Speak Now uh, is, for anyone who's unfamiliar, is by an artist called Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> it, it was her third album originally. It came out in 2010, the first time. Um, and this is her, her version uh, that is all the songs from the original with six vault tracks, which are tracks that she adds to her versions of albums that she wrote at the time of the original album but never made it onto the album. Um, she said before she wrote 40 or 50 songs for Speak Now. So this is just, I think there are like 20 on the original album or something like that, maybe 18. Um, so this is like, you know, obviously a fraction of that. 
Um, but it is entirely written by her. There are no co-writers on any of the songs on the entire album, um, which is pretty cool because she was 19 when she wrote it. Wow. So, yeah. What album was this for her? Three. Okay. This was, uh, she was on tour for Fearless, her second one, but really her first big album, and wrote all of these songs while she was on tour um, and has said that, like, all of the people... uh, the album before this fearless is really what blew up her career um and everyone was criticizing her and saying she's not really writing her own songs and she's just this young country girl and that's all she can do is just write these country songs and this might be a big album now but nothing else is going to come from her pretty much um so she said she knew that this album had to be like great it couldn't just be like another country album from that girl it had to be something special and it had the potential to either make her career even bigger or end it Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why she chose to write everything herself so that no one could even say like, oh, well, there are co-writers because she didn't really help write any of it. She just helped a little bit and her co-writers did all the work. Mm. Now, I didn't see the music video you showed, Charlene Cooper, Mm -hmm. but Taylor Lautner is in it. (laughs) Yes. Um, She dated Taylor Lautner during the Speak Now era. Are any of the songs about him? Back to December is about Taylor Lautner. Okay. Which is one of Taylor okay. Swift's only songs where it is about a breakup, but it is her pretty much apologizing and saying she was in the wrong, mm. um, which is interesting. She has a lot of breakup songs that are about, you know, being heartbroken and hurt and sad and angry. And uh, this is not. Well, d- that would make sense if he's the only guy who's been like, yeah, I'll show up for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are rumors I that mean, you don't see the other guys clamoring yeah. to like I really want to be a oh. part of this again John Mayer's not ready to hop up on stage and do backflips no because <laughs> um, uh, that's what yeah. that's what that's about too right dear like, John yeah uh huh um, which he tried to sue her for that actually and say this is obviously about me you're defaming me and she said no one your name's John that's pretty generic two there's nothing in here that's about you and three, Dear John is like, you know, like a Dear John letter. That's an established... Yeah, it's a thing. So, it's not about you. Mm. I mean, it is, but... Yeah. She also wrote... I mean, Ours is one of, like, the sweetest love songs she's ever written. Mm-hmm. And that was also about John Mayer. So, oh. you know, she it's obvious she wrote this over the span of, of a couple years because she's written nice songs and then breakup songs about the same people on here. Has she admitted that those songs are about him? No, I don't think she's ever... Actually, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I thought that was her thing. Her, that she doesn't yeah, admit it. She doesn't. Um, but I mean, there are clues. Like, okay. when she <laughs> says she was 19 and she was too young. There are clues. He was yeah. He was 32. Riley has a chart in her room. He was 32. <laughs> there are clues. But I feel like... I mean... Th- that's one of Taylor Swift's writing skills, right? Like, I feel like if you are ever the... <laughs> the victim of a Taylor Swift hit track you know it's about you but oh, it's yeah. with enough room to rem- to escape liability that's like Ex- yes be- better than revenge right everybody mm-hmm. knows who that's about and there are a lot of details so it's like well clearly like you're talking about not whatever enough vintage dresses won't make you whatever mm-hmm. I know you know the lyric yeah, uh, like I'm sure that someone heard that went, oh, that's about me, and people that knew yeah. that person went, oh, that's about that person. But it's vague enough that anyone can just, you know, listen to it and enjoy it. Oh yeah. Well, and also like, who wants to claim it? Right. Well, that one, 
my favorite thing about that one is it tells you exactly who it's about, but only if you are also a fan of that person, mm. because it is about Joe Jonas. Um, and he had a song, well, the Jonas Brothers did, called So Much Better, that was about how much better he was doing after he broke up with the girl that like had teardrops on her guitar or whatever, which is another Taylor Swift song, and started dating like you know better girls, basically. So there's a refrain in Better Than Revenge at the end where she's like, oh, because you're so much better now. You're so much better. Um, it's about him. But oh. that song is taking aim at a, the, the girl. Yes. And that one, actually, I'm glad you brought that one up because it has gotten similar treatment as like Misery Business mm, by yeah. Paramore. Um, and there's a lyric change in Taylor's version that is just one line, but it is the only time she's re-recorded a song and changed it at all from her version, well, her original version. Um, when she says in, in the new one, she says he was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches, I think. Mm-hmm. In the original one, it's um, she's not a saint. She's not what you think. She's an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Oh, That is the original yeah. line. Oh, and it has gotten very similar flack as Misery Business did, where you know Haley Williams then said, "Okay, well I'm not going to do Misery Business." Taylor couldn't take Better Than Revenge off of like you know mm. the the market per se, um, but she just quietly changed it without saying anything on this version. I, huh? That's I noticed that lyric, but I didn't know it had been changed. It, I yeah. wouldn't have known that. It's interesting because that song. I mean, you say it's about. A, a, a Jonas, a Jonas, a Jonas. Yes. But it again, it's taking claim at, at the girl, and mm-hmm. people know who the girl is. I don't. I know. I looked at it. Like it's a. It is an actress that is well known. Yeah. So people know who it is. But it, it. That was the only one. Like maybe because this is such an an older Taylor album, I feel like this is the first re-listen that I'm like, this feels weird now because even though that yeah. one lyric is, it's good that she changed it. The whole song buys into that old thing of like, oh, he's just a man. It's not his fault mm-hmm. that he was seduced away and cheated on you. It's really that evil woman's fault. And not like, yeah. hey, your boyfriend left you. He's to blame. Not the woman who yeah. you wrote the whole song about. Right. Yeah. Um, that's actually something a lot of people have said about it. And I listened to it for the first time with my friends. And we all kind of agreed that like Fearless and Red that she re-recorded, a lot of them... Fearless is just very much like her original country album. It's very like some of the songs are kind of young. You wouldn't expect a 30 year old woman to be singing them. Yeah. Red, a lot of them have like older themes, so it makes sense. But this one, there are a lot of songs that are very much and very clearly like 19 year old angst mm-hmm. that sound kind of odd for a 32 year old woman to be singing them. Yeah. Like her voice sounds noticeably older. Mm-hmm. And in the original one, it's like, oh, well, that's a young girl that's singing this. That makes yeah. sense. And it does sound a little odd for some of these songs. And that's one specifically that I think um, her her new voice doesn't quite match. And the the lyric change, while I know why she did it, she wrote the new lyric as 32-year-old Taylor, mm-hmm. but put it into the song that was written by 19-year-old Taylor. And I, I you said you couldn't notice it, so maybe that's just me knowing what the lyric was supposed to be. But to me, it's noticeable, like, well, this doesn't quite match the vibe of the rest of the song. Yeah. I don't think an angsty 19-year-old would write, he was a moth to the flame, she was holding the matches. <laughs> no, I, that makes sense when you put it that way. I think, yeah. I think it's more that, for me, my exposure to Taylor Swift is all sort of current, because yeah. I didn't listen, other than the songs sure. that were big enough to be on the radio, Yeah, I never listened to any of the albums until you had us do it on the podcast yeah so. or in unless charlie is 
wailing along with it in the shower. Also because of me. Yes. Yes. Also your fault. Are we fault? Is that? My contribution to her upbringing <laughs> is her love of Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that, that song, I do love that song. Um, oh, no. It's, a, it's and, an incredibly catchy song. Like, I enjoy listening yeah. to it. And I feel kind of the same way about it as I do when we talked about Paramore and Misery Business, mm-hmm. where it's like, yes, I understand what the what the issue with it is. I agree in a broad sense. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that is not a good stereotype to perpetuate about other women. But there are still many men that are making songs today, making them in the year 2023, calling women, you know, lots of bad names and saying mm-hmm. similar things about women and we're not making them change the lyrics. So, you know. I know why she did it, and I know why she's just going to do it quietly and never say anything about it. Um, but, you know. Yeah. It's also just like, come on. It's just a good song. <laughs> she was 19. Yeah. Let, well, I mean, that, yeah, at the end of the day, like, and, and like, similarly, Haley Williams was super young when she wrote Misery Business. Yeah. Like, this is an impressively skillful song for somebody of that age to write. And that's exactly a feeling you're capable of feeling at that age. So I don't yeah. know why well, there has to be some condemnation over it. I don't think yeah. she needed to change it, honestly. No, and it's yeah. it's also hard too because what your what you what artists do with music is connect with their audiences through like shared experiences or emotions or like by making you Yeah, I've felt that way before, I've mm-hmm. thought that before. And we all experience emotions and feelings and react to things in ways that we wish we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Things we you know, we've mm-hmm. we most of us have been there where like our blame should be focused on somebody, but maybe because we don't want to believe that about them, we focus our blame on the wrong person mm-hmm. and target them instead with anger and it's wrong, but we've all done it. And so it's hard too, because that's part of what an artist does is say, here's an ugly part of me that you may also have yeah. been ugly in the same way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you that you're not alone. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's value in that, but but it's hard. It's hard when it's part of a larger cultural conversation about misogyny and right. women. And well, that that's I have to ask, and I actually know because I, I looked up the story that I speak now. Um, mm-hmm. How many fantasy weddings has Taylor Swift broken up? Because <laughs> 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 it's more than one, and more than one yeah. is weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, again, that's like one of her like like love story that's about like Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. this is her like in my dreams I'm fantasizing about interrupting a wedding and <laughs> telling the groom I love him I guess because well, um, is there a later album where she's yeah. got the whole imagery of like her showing up at the wedding in the red dress and like yes, the cake that's the whole the whole that's, music video I yeah, bet that she think made, about me yes yeah, huh? yeah. She shows up at the wedding in the red dress. Good job, Sarah. Charlie and Cooper love that one. I've seen sure. it multiple times. Cooper loves when she grabs the cake and it's red velvet yeah, or whatever. And eats and, it. Yeah, she loves that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know why that's the, the titular song for this album. Um, it wasn't even a single for the album. Oh, weird. Uh, ever. And it wasn't what she wanted the name of the album to be. But for some reason, her label was like, that's the one. That's the song. I wonder what she wanted it to be. She wanted it to be Enchanted, is what she wanted the name of the album to be. Um, uh, I think but, I think from a marketing perspective, it makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. Enchanted, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds Enchanted, a little too Enchanted sounds, yeah, it's a little floofy. 
Well, then, know, I mean, like, then you also had the Disney movie. It doesn't, that was it doesn't sound <laughs> strong. And yeah, yeah, and it doesn't sound like uh, I'm declaring a new musical voice yeah. and like I am I am the next big thing. It sounds more like this will be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny, though, when you think about that she had a guest spot on New Girl and um, interrupted Cece and Chevron's wedding. <laughs> oh, that's and true. And ran off with him. I can speak what now. This is that? a. And, this, I, I, and you know, I don't know, maybe this is one of those moments where I'm like, I was never like other girls. Is interrupting an ex's wedding a common fantasy that she would be tailoring her music to? Haha, <laughs> tailoring. Tailoring. Uh, oh, man. I mean, it certainly has never been something... I fantasized about. But. I think, I think as, as. How about you, Riley? As yeah, a 20. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's different though. I don't That's know. True. Maybe That's it true. is. Well, as a 22 year old teenage girl, I think that um, it's, it's not, maybe not specifically interrupting a wedding, but the idea that someone you broken up with or that broke up with you that is moved on and is with someone else and you think is happy. And then one day would all of a sudden be like, actually, no, I've loved you the whole time. Like, I think maybe that general fantasy of, like, when he broke up with me and dated this new girl, it's not because he liked her more. Like, he still loved me. Like, he still wants to be with me, and he'd come back to me if I asked. Like, maybe that kind of idea. I'm, I'm the best thing that ever happened appealing. to you, kind of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, that, even if you're at the point where you're willing to get married to someone else, if I showed up and I said I want to be with you, then I would be the one that would make it so you'd not want to. Yeah. I think, I think that is more normal when you put it that way. Yeah. Because... I think that the level of maturity you have to have to be at a point where, especially if somebody like really burned you yeah, to still be like, you know, I know they really did me wrong, but I care about them so much and I'm just so glad they found happiness and I just really celebrate their happiness. The level of maturity you have to achieve. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not everybody even ever gets there. I don't think, I don't think it's fair to say like, well, you grow up and you're just happy for all your exes. No, nah, Cause if they really, you know, it's interesting Screwed you say you that. Over. You're probably not. <laughs> she has a song on Evermore, which I think we've talked about on here, um, called Happiness. That's a, It's a faux story of a relationship. It's not about one of hers, but it's about a couple that was together for seven years and has ended. And the refrain is, there'll be happiness after you, but there was happiness because of you. And both mm-hmm. of these things can be true. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, we're done. We're moving on. But there was good yeah. in our relationship and you'll be happy after and I'll be happy after. And that's that. Which I think is an interesting progression to see from, you know, her being mm-hmm. a teenager to her being a mature adult with lots of life experience. Um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. She did recreate it, a fake little I, wedding at her concert every night, though, for Speak Now on that tour. <laughs> I, really, I think, I, I mean, I, 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 we've all recognized this about Taylor Swift, but no matter what, she's, she's a brilliant businesswoman. She knows how to yeah. pick themes that will sell to people that people will embrace and that includes yeah. popular fantasies so I don't I'm not not knocking the hustle it's just a it's a constant hustle <laughs> it is, yes oh yeah yeah I mean I, I mean I can see where that's probably I bet if you polled people I bet the idea of like dramatically breaking up a wedding to declare your love for and having it reciprocated yeah it you know I mean it's in rom-coms like we've seen yeah. it in movies like it's just one yeah. of those like popular tropes that like in real life probably doesn't really ever happen that often. I've never been to a wedding where it's happened, but I mean, be I've only so been to like awkward. two, and yours was one of them. So it would be so awkward, but I also would like love it. Uh, I 
mean, the drama. No, no, you, you gotta, especially like if you're, you know, if you're part of like, I don't know, if you care about either of the people up on that altar, I think you gotta pull like a Spartacus moment. Like someone stands up and say, no, I love you. Then you gotta stand up and be like, I love you too. And just hope everybody follows suit. And everything's so bizarre that they just go back to the wedding. I think that's the move. <laughs> Anyways. We all love you. Yay, you're getting married. Yay. Go back to the marriage. Everybody claps and then let, let the marriage happen. Hey, fun move on. joke. Fun joke. Oh. Now, I don't know, because we did, with that show, what was the show where they get married and they, all the pods. <laughs> love is blind? Love is blind. Yeah. Oh, okay. I will say that just watching that moment on television was a lot for me. So maybe it wouldn't be that great. Just watching the moment where they're like, I actually don't want to marry you. I don't. <laughs> the people, the people at the wedding. God, love those people. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Um, the uh, the the vault tracks I wanted to talk about because one of them has Haley Williams on it. Um, who we were just talking about. Um, Castles Crumbling. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. she wrote obviously as she did with all of these. Wrote at the time she wrote the Speak Now album, and she described it as kind of like her antithesis to Long Live, which is one of the most popular songs from this album. That's dedicated to i mean she said before it's for her fans like Mm -hmm. it's about the moment she has made with the people listen to her music and she's become successful because of them and it's for people that listen to her music and stand by her um this song she wrote as the opposite of that because this was right after she was writing this after the kanye thing happened where Mm -hmm. he took the mic from her and and embarrassed her on stage for all the people remember that yeah uh people were booing when she was up there and they were booing him but at the time, she thought they were all booing her and agreeing with him. Mm. So she was convinced that, like, oh, yeah, everyone hates me and thinks I don't deserve this either. And I'm a fake and a failure and uh, my career's over. Um, so she thought Speak Now is going to be, like, her end of her career, basically. So Long Live was, like, all our memories are going to live forever. You all mm-hmm. did this for me. It's over now, but it's great. And this is, like, her seeing all of it fall down. Her being Aww. like, I used to be great. I used to be a hero. They used to chant my name. Now they're saying they hate me. This is really... Like, that's what Castle's Crumbling is. It's really heavy so. for how old was she again? 19? 19, 20. That is yeah. a lot for a 19, 20-year-old to contemplate. Yeah. I'm also sad that this didn't make the original album because there would have been so many sick, like, music videos with clips of, like, Cersei and Daenerys from Game of Thrones <laughs> if this had been around. <laughs> God, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great it, uh, song. Yeah, it is. It is a and good song. Haley Williams said she liked being on it because she experienced similar thoughts being another young teenage girl mm-hmm. in the spotlight, basically. Um, See, and poor, so. poor Taylor Swift. Like, you know, <laughs> looking back on it, where we are now, that was one of the least wild things that I know. Kanye yeah. would do. And she had no way of knowing then. None of us had any way of knowing. This is is just an opening salvo for (laughs) for what's to come. I mean, I don't, you know, for as much as she sings about revenge, and she does a lot. Like (laughs) she does. uh, I feel like she got it. It, Is is Taylor Swift actually some sort of supreme sorceress? (laughs) (laughs) She sings about karma. Her 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 enemies are, are are greeted with a firm hand. I don't know. I mean, i i wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. But she was secretly like some 
you know, it's a lot of lot of symbolic imagery. I don't know, but yeah. you know, I do. This was it's funny that this song was left off the original release, and now as much as we were talking about some of the songs that were released, don't really make sense in her voice. This one super did. Like, yes. it would have been weird to hear a 19, 20-year-old sing this. It totally makes sense for her now after how yeah. much she's dealt with in her career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one, and then I Can See You, which is my personal favorite because it's just so friggin' fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, people joke that it was left off because uh, her mom her mom used to be very involved with, like, the choreography she would do on tour and very much wanted her to be, like, family friendly like Mm -hmm. little girls can come see your show and parents are never going to worry about little girls looking up to you there's nothing you're ever going to do that's going to look the slightest bit inappropriate basically um she had a very wholesome almost disney channel-esque yeah first few albums um but i can see it's kind of like it's kind of kind of sexy oh and and it was left off and i can see why because i think it would have been weird hearing her sing that along with some of these other like along with speak now the yeah. song yeah uh that would have been a little would have felt out of place i can see that um or like mean uh, yeah yeah or mean yeah which i like i yeah. like that one a lot you like mean <laughs> i heard it and i was like i remember this i like this song it is a good i always like that song <laughs> i did have a moment with my friends we were listening to it at uh back when i was visiting with them in dc last weekend um where we were having some having some Speak Now themed drinks that Taylor helped me create, and we were listening through the album, and Mean came on, and we all started tearing up, like, yeah, now we're living in a big old city. <laughs> now all of them are just mean. Because <laughs> it came out when we were, like, 10. No, that is. You know? Yeah. I like that song. I feel like it has the same energy as Sid. I know you like this song, the I'm Sensitive song by Jewel. Yeah, you know? it does. It definitely you does. Know? Like I think that's yeah. that. Like that's those are good. Those are I like both of those songs for the same reasons. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, now you bring up Jewel, and I got to think about the line. I was thinking it might do some good if we robbed the cynics and took all their food, <laughs> and then what they believe would have taken place, and we gave it to people that had some faith. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. Maybe that's why I like it. I do. I was like, oh, I really like I that, that song. Well, I don't know why. I think both of them are good in that we tend to, and you know, this is something that actually she talked about in her documentary uh, that Taylor Swift did about how she understands that everything that's happened to her should make her hard, but mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be hard, you know, mm-hmm. like, because her songwriting comes from her connection with her emotions or other people's mm-hmm. emotions that's that's a funny thing the speak now was actually inspired by a friend whose ex was getting married so oh, yeah i didn't even know that i just i i was looking it up and i was like oh interesting because it's mm. it's again like yeah she uses this imagery of a wedding being broken up a lot but this was actually inspired by a friend but oh. uh but she's in touch with emotions and understands the importance of them so that's important to her success and her songwriting and I don't. I think we generally associate like cynicism and negativity with adulthood and hopefulness and kindness mm-hmm. with immaturity. And I feel like mm-hmm. the opposite is true. But you don't get a lot of songwriting, writing in general that that approaches that. And I appreciate that whenever you come across it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think she still has that complexity there because like a little bit of that does come through from time to time. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell that like the industry has done a bit of a number on her Mm -hmm. and she is not like, she's honest about like, she's aware of it. She Mm -hmm. knows that that comes through. And I don't, you know, I appreciate that. That the the anger is there sometimes. Yeah. Um, I do have to mention that she said herself when re-releasing this, that 
both the saddest song and the most scathing song she has ever written are on this album. Oh. Um, she says that Last Kiss is her saddest song ever, which I have to agree, uh, and that Dear John is her most scathing song ever, mm. um, which I think is interesting because, again, she's written, what, seven more albums since this one, all into adulthood, and she still says some of these ones she wrote when she was 19 are like at the top of her list for like emotions. Um, which I mean, part of that probably is because she wrote them entirely on her own. Well, yeah, and that's your most vulnerable age. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the, I've seen so many tweets that say it should be illegal for any girl to be 19. <laughs> it's like the worst <laughs> the worst age. <laughs> 19, we shouldn't let anybody make any major life decisions no. at 19. 19, you just take a pause. You get to still live, just no big decisions, just little ones. If like, someone had let know, me write an entire fries album. Fries or tots, that's as big as we get when you're 19. <laughs> if someone had let me write an entire album and publish it for millions and millions of people at 19, oh my God. <laughs> it would have been horrible. <laughs> no. We're all working through some stuff at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dear John is, uh, it's that it's that song. Now, uh, when we were discussing this album, Charlie told me that if I were a true Swifty, I would know that Enchanted is the best song off this album oh. and should have been my favorite. That's what Charlie thinks? That's what Charlie said. She said, if, if you were a true Swifty, <sighs> you would know. Well, I will say that she got a lot of heat because when the Eras tour started, obviously it's her Eras tour, so she's doing songs from all of her eras, but she only has one song from Speak Now and has like at least like three or four from every other era except for her debut one. Um, and the one song is Enchanted. Mm. So, I mean, it's a great song. Um, she actually wrote it about a member of the band um, Owl City, like the one that sings that Firefly song. She met him one night just randomly, I think at like another concert or something, and wrote that song about him. And he wrote a response um, to the tune of Enchanted, of him saying, yes, Taylor, I was enchanted to meet you too. Very, very cringy. It's very That's cute. really sweet, it's actually. Yeah. yeah. He like published it on Tumblr, I think, is where it, where it came out. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect um, place for that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Last Kiss is also about Joe Jonas. The intro to that song is the same number of seconds as the voicemail that he left her breaking up with her. Because he left a voicemail breaking up with her over the phone. Mastermind. So she made that voicemail link the same as the intro for that song. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm terrified of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, don't, don't ever dump her. <laughs> we, well, no, we see what she publishes for all the world to see. What goes on that we don't know? I know. She's got people trapped in puzzle boxes mm -hmm. somewhere. I, yeah. that's it. There's a jigsaw element. We talked <laughs> about that? it, but I believe it. You remember that movie, The Cube? She built yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody at the end of that movie that's questioning why was it made, but why was it made? It's just Taylor Swift being like, because I could. Yeah, it's, it's the Cube and Joe Jonas and John Mayer, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal are all. What do we it. all have in common? Oh wait, we we know. <laughs> Taylor Lautner was in there, but then she let him out. She's yeah. like, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna give you a pass. That was on me. He that and Harry Styles are the two that I think everyone's okay with. Yeah, the they're just the guards to the Cube because they're they're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's a lot of the songs she wrote about people on one album. Yeah. Well, nineteen. Uh, yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, that's what that's most of them, though. I think uh, if we're talking about like people she actually had relationships with mm -hmm. on that album, because there's some about Joe Jonas on Fearless, which came before. Mm -hmm. And then there are on this um, and then John Mayer's all up in there. Innocent is actually about Kanye. Um, that's about the incident that happened with Kanye. And that was her 
forgiving him basically and trying to like bury the hatchet and say like it's okay we all make mistakes you're still innocent i i still you know i still love you mm. how uh it's interesting now how old were you when that happened when did that happen um it happened 2008 so you probably weren't watching that no i knew it happened because they wrote about it in like tiger beat but <laughs> i remember watching it happen and it was a wild moment I, st- I it, yeah, I, mean, I, I remember yeah. watching that and like wanting to melt into my seat. Yeah, I mean she was like seventeen when he did that I too. Know. She was like a child. Yeah. Um. No, it was super mean. Yeah, and Taylor Lautner was the one that hugged her on stage mm-hmm. because he was the one presenting the award, and that's why in Back to December she says, "You held me in your arms that September night, the first time you ever saw me cry." Are her night. and Beyonce cool? Oh, yeah. Beyonce brought Taylor up. When Beyonce won an award Mm -hmm. later, Beyonce invited Taylor up on stage to finish her speech. Oh, that's nice. Queens supporting queens. Exactly. Very nice. Yes. Um, Yes. The only other thing I wanted to say that I think is a fun fact is that when Emma falls in love, which is a vault track, is about Emma Stone. When she is dating Kieran Culkin. (laughs) No. Really? Yes. Yes. I didn't know they dated. I assume yes. that was about Taylor Swift, just like removed. It is uh, about it is about Emma Stone. Huh. She play- interestingly, she played it the other night, the day after the album, the day the album came out, which uh-huh. usually she doesn't do. Like she likes when people sing along. So for her surprise songs at her show, she um, will play ones that have been out at least for a couple weeks if they're new, so that people can sing along. But she played that one the day it came out and said, "This is this is for my friend Emma." And I guess that was, people thought it was about her and Andrew Garfield, but I guess the time it actually would have been written would have been when she was with Kieran Culkin. Oh. So, yeah. I had no idea they dated. Riley, did you say what your favorite song off this was? I didn't. Um, You know, I think, that's such a hard question. There are so many good songs. I do think that (laughs) Last Kiss is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs because it is one of the saddest songs she's ever written, but in a way that's like, perfectly 19 like it's it's sad in that way that you only can be when someone is broken up with you and you're 19 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. um but i do think that out of all of them my favorite favorite is probably haunted or back to december mm. yeah i like haunted a lot yeah, yeah I, I love that too. one i like that one um yeah they're all just they're so good it's a very when you listen to it in order which i hadn't done in a while and then i did when it came back out it's a real roller coaster of an album go Mm -hmm. up and down a lot like never grow up is in there which man still makes me cry especially listening to it as an adult now i think of your kids whenever i listen to it yeah um made me cry but yeah it's a lot of a lot of great songs a lot of her best songs in my opinion are on there still um what about you all did you all have a favorite I mean, I really like Mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Haunted a lot, too. I was going to name that as yeah. one I really liked, but... Yeah. That's, that's good. Mean's a good song. I like that song. I mean, I I think just because I think sonically it's a lot closer to the type of music I enjoy, I better than Revenge is the song that I would put yeah. on the playlist. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> it does sound... It's pop with a hint of punk. It's pop. Punk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think is crazy about this album is it's still classified as a country album. Mm-hmm. 
Some of the songs, and but some not of them, all. I mean, like Mean, yeah, yes. is very yeah. Um, but most, a lot of them, I feel like mm-hmm. just aren't. No, a lot of them aren't. Um, which it, is she was in that that liminal space, yeah, the yeah. crossover moment. <laughs> she just left firmly country and was about mm-hmm. to enter firmly pop and wasn't quite there yet. Um, Shania Twain had taken her by the hand and mm-hmm. was showing her the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think my the songs that I, I think I would actually listen to again most likely are actually all the vault tracks. In that I like yeah. Electric Touch, I like the Fallout Boy track. I do too. Mm-hmm. I did yeah, it at first, like but too. the more I listen to it, it's really grown on me. No, that and Castle Scrumbling were probably yeah. the two that I went back to and was like, oh, I can't. These aren't really on this album, so they don't count. But I like those the most. Yeah, I do like listen because I listened to them standalone at first when I was listening, just because like I wanted to know what the what they were. Those were new ones, but I do think when you listen to them in conjunction with the rest of the album, you can see how they all would have been written at the same time. A lot of people yeah. say there's no way she actually wrote those when she wrote the album. She just wrote them now and is <laughs> going to put them with another album that she thinks they match. But I think like like I I do think that they sound like not songs Taylor now is writing. Um, I'm surprised you didn't like Timeless more. It's one of those real cheesy love ones that I feel like you, like when you like The Only Exception Most by Paramore, Timeless feels like that. I mean, I liked it. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I just, I thought of you when I was listening to it. I was like, oh, I bet Sydney would like this. I also was listening to it with Charlie and she oh. was singing along when she knew stuff. So it was That's a different, true. you know what I mean? That's true. We were cleaning out her closet and yeah. talking and I don't know. Yeah. I was in a different mindset. I gotta say that's why that's why I just I I'll say it a thousand more times probably in the next like year of my life alone. I just love Taylor Swift so much because well I like I was almost Charlie's age. I was maybe a year older than Charlie when Speak Now came out the first time and was listening mm-hmm. to it on a CD in the back of Mom's car when it came out the first time. And now Charlie is listening to it for the first time and it's its whole own thing. And it just is still. I mean, yes, it's the same album, but it's different. It's new and it's it's. I don't know. That just makes me a little emotional. Like, oh, I was listening to this 13 years ago, and now Charlie's here, who wasn't here 13 years ago, and she's listening to it and discovering the songs for the first time. Um, yeah, that's why every every Taylor Swift album is uh, meaningful to me. Well, you can hang out with her when she belts it in the shower again. Oh, what? Later tonight, probably. Well, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit outside of the shower. <laughs> I'll just, I'll sing along with her. Now you gotta check her head for conditioner, because sometimes she doesn't get it all out. Well, that's everyone misses that sometimes. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to this. Uh, yeah. It obviously will not be the last time we talk about Taylor Swift, but I do appreciate it every time you all you all are willing oh, to. Oh, I enjoyed it. Has she oh. has she given clues what she's releasing next? Um, yes, actually, I'm glad you asked. Um, she did release a music video for "I Can See You" that came out Friday. She premiered it at her concert, and Taylor Lautner's in it, and it uh, is basically her getting broke breaking the original speak now out of its prison of Mm -hmm. like the past era and claiming it back for herself. And as they are driving away in the getaway van, um, she drives under a bridge that has a sign at the top that looks like it's marking the height of the bridge, but really it says 1989 TV. Um, So I think 1989 is coming next. She also, well, she did another music video. She has a nail that's painted for each album on her tour because she has 10 albums, so she has 10 nails in color for each one. And the other music video, she was holding a cup of coffee with a clock on the top, and the 1989 nail was by the 8 on the clock, and the Reputation nail was by the 2. So a lot of people think we're getting like 1989 in August, and then Reputation in February. Yeah. <laughs> she premiered that. She That was she, more of an answer than I was expecting. She premiered that when I she was at the, the concert. 
um, that music video at the concert I was at was when she premiered the one with the, the nails and the coffee. And everyone looked at me like I was insane when they showed that clip. And I yelled, she's got her nails next to the numbers. 1989 is next to the eight. And everyone looked at me like, like sorry i just i'm excited i'm noticing a taylor swift easter egg for the first time that no one else has ever seen before because she is premiering this music video for us right now go to now. the blogs i bet you're not the only one well i mean they all caught it after when she released it that <laughs> night obviously i just couldn't put it out there because i was at the concert but but yeah i think 1989 is next all right i, I think she'll end with her self-titled album i think mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah. her very first one i think will probably be the last one she releases but we'll see we'll see We'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> yeah, when it comes. Um, Sydney, what's next? Well, we mentioned it last week that we should do it, and so let's just do it. Let's do Fight Club. All, All right. right. Not not do Fight Club. Let's talk about no. the movie Fight Club. Well, and we if talk well, about Fight Club. No, even if movie. we were doing Fight Club, we absolutely would not tell you. We would never talk about it. <laughs> no. But no, watch the movie Fight Club. All right. Um, well, thank you, Riley. Thank you. Thank um, you all. You know, I'm sure, like everybody else, I found it on Apple Music. That's where everybody finds all their music, right? <laughs> Can't believe you're still not using Spotify. Sydney I know you have for a Spotify plan. Out, out in her garden, found it under a rock. Here it goes. <laughs> I bought the CD and put it in my CD player. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you, listeners. Um, you can find other great shows that you'd enjoy at MaximumFun.org where all their great podcasts are and you can listen to them. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I got more. I got more Easter eggs if you want to know about <laughs> Do you have a chart? Yeah. You made a spreadsheet. She posted pictures of Polaroids for the Fourth of July. Uh-huh. Polaroids were in 1989. I remember so, that. Yeah. Remember what that looks like. So, Selena Gomez was there too. Mm. Everybody knows what that means. Everybody knows what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. <laughs> it's official. MaxFun has become a co-op. We're now a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. Thanks to supporters and listeners like you, MaxFun will always be a place where employees have a say. Thanks to you, shows can continue to partner with an independent, values-driven network. Thanks to you, we're able to carry on our commitment to our shows and the community we've grown together. Learn more about what becoming a co-op means for us and you at MaximumFun.org co-op. That's MaximumFun.org slash C-O-O-P. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.